0: Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you today. You guys are great. Um, is is Pastor Rex? In Pastor Rex? Yet. I just wanted to start by saying I I think that if anyone's still interested in signing up for for um, Iron Sharpen's Iron that'll be here April twenty fifth, it may be real close to the last day to do that. So I was going to see if Pastor Rex knew that. Just if you're interested, um, it's going to be held at our church. We talked about it before. Iron sharpens iron. Um, men's, whatever you call it. Men's um, conference. That's it. One day conference. As suspicion for the word there. Um, let's get started. Let's have a word of prayer together. To start. <clears throat> Father, you are, you are awesome in this place. We are grateful for who You are and what You want to do in us and through us. And Lord, some of us have already prayed this morning that You would fill this place with Your Spirit. Draw us closer to You, Lord. We desperately need You. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. <coughs> Uh, you know, every week there are, there are men that come here with heavy burdens, every week. And sometimes they're some different than others. Sometimes they're different men that come in with burdens. And I just want us to remember to lift each other up in our prayers. Um, <clears throat> we started out last week. Uh, a new section in the book called "The Building Blocks of Prayer." You, you could say how to build a prayer life. <clears throat> I've met many men before and talked to them about prayer, and and some of them say that that I don't pray much because I don't know where to start. Um, many men have said that to me. Uh, I don't know that I understand that as much because of my profession. Um, you have to pray. Um, but many men say, I just don't know where to start. And this section, the, the building blocks of prayer, actually the whole book, but especially this section, helps us with that. Gives us some practical ideas, practical suggestions to, to how to, on how to build a prayer life. Um, sometimes, brothers, all it takes for us to start down the road is a simple plan. But it's not the plan that we focus on. It's God. It's our relationship with God. And and we use a plan to help us get a little closer to where He wants us to be as men of prayer. Um, So don't let I don't know what to say or how to start stop you from going down this road. Start with some of these practical ideas. Start practicing them and and using them. Trying to find out what fits you and fits your personality. If you make the time and the effort to to try to pray, to try to become, to ask God to help you become a man of prayer, He will answer that prayer. God will answer that prayer in your life. God, make me a man of prayer. It will take time. It'll take some effort, it could possibly take a plan, but God will answer that prayer in your life. Last week we began to talk about prayer acronyms to help us structure our prayer time. Uh, There's the old one that you may have heard about before, ACTS, the the word ACTS, Adoration, A, C, Confession, T, Thanksgiving, and S, Supplication. A way to simply structure your prayer time to pray in those four categories it's it 's one way to pray or to structure your prayer life. The author talks about a a new prayer acronym at least for me from that, that he has made and it 's simpler um, it makes for him at least a little more sense and it 's called chat uh the 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 um Excuse me, the letters are C, confession. He starts with, in his prayer acronym, he starts with confession. I still like to start with praise. Actually, in the chapter, he talks again about starting with praise, so I'm a little confused, but that's all right. His first letter in his acronym chat is confession. Make sure there's nothing between my soul and the Savior when I I kneel down and pour out my heart to Him. Confession. H is honor. Honor. A is ask and T is thank. Now last week we had a, a little homework assignment. I'm just, I'd be curious to see if, if anyone tried it and want to share anything with us about it. Well, one of the homework assignments was if, if you don't really have a prayer routine that you use, try this prayer acronym of chat. Did anyone, anyone do that? You did? Well, how did it go?
1: It was different, but it, it went well. Okay. It, it went well. It, uh, I think I was more focused on, on God. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a good point, more focused. I think sometimes a plan helps us to get started and focus in and, and, and zoom in quick more quickly um, than if we don't have a plan. So is that, that basically what happened? Very good. Anybody else? Yes. Sure. I don't know if you heard it, but he said uh, he tried it, but he always wanted to start with thanks. And that's good. That, that's OK. It's whatever whatever works, whatever seems to fit as you develop that relationship with God. Um, really, there, by the way, there was young, there was another homework assignment last week. It was um, reading reading portion of Psalm 51 from time to time. Did anybody do that? How did that go? Anybody have anything they want to share about that? Homework assignment? (laughs) Ouch! It hits home. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Anybody else? Psalm 50. Yes? great theologian. hurt. Lord. I
2: can, feel, I, I can feel,
0: that disrespect. It's, it's okay, Phil, Phil, that you didn't do the homework assignment. It's, it's okay. We, um, you know, God has a homework assignment, doesn't he? Uh, Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God. You know, we start walking down this road, and it's often, sometimes it's painful, because God sheds light on, on stuff that's that's there that needs to be, Dealt with and perhaps has been suppressed for a long time. Father, have mercy on us. You know, Lord, we are all in the same boat. We're all men. Lord, have mercy on us. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. Lord, make us strong men of God in our hurting world. Speak to each of us, Lord, like you spoke to Phil this week, last week. Have mercy on us, in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer plan. You know, it, it seems so insignificant to talk about a plan. But, but sometimes I need something. I need something. I'm distracted. I, I need something to get started, and a plan helps me with that. Uh, you know, we are halfway, after today, we're halfway through our 14-week prayer study. And you would think that if a large group of men bonded together to, to learn to pray, and, and this many of us would come each week to, to learn to pray, you would think that things would be getting a whole lot better, wouldn't you? But the truth is, since we have started this prayer study, some of the people in this room, a couple of guys, have lost jobs. A few of the guys in this room, since we've started this prayer study, have had significant difficulties in their families with children or other things. And a few have had physical issues since we started this prayer study. So, um, in short, does it work? Does it make a difference or not? The answer is, and this won't surprise you, the answer is prayer absolutely does make a difference. It absolutely does. But we have to be in it for the long haul, not the short run. We are in it not for seven weeks or 14 weeks. We're talking about developing a prayer life for a lifetime. We're talking about encouraging each other to grab hold of God like we never have before, and to become men of prayer, men of God, men that God longs for us to be. It, it, it doesn't just stop here for some, it starts here. And then we we move through our lives taking on these practical ways to pray if we need them. And if I can say, running with them. It doesn't just, it isn't just this 14 weeks. These 14 weeks. It is a lifetime. And you know, as we try to become men of prayer and learn to pray, we've talked about this before. Our enemy is going to put obstacles in our way. We are going to do this for a while, and it's going to seem like. What's the use? We're going to be tempted to give up. We're going to be tempted to do something else. But guys, I can't get over the fact that with this many guys, I mean, man, Jesus only had 11 or 12. Look how many we have. And with those, He changed His world. They changed their world. Just think about the potential here. But it all boils down to the fact that that all of us grab onto this with everything we have by the grace of God and move forward into the realm of being men of prayer and men of God. It takes consistent praying, consistent disciplined lifestyle of prayer for you and me. And for that to happen, let's be honest, we're going to have to change some things in your life and in my life. We're going to have to change some things. Let me just testify a moment about what's happened in my life these past seven weeks. You know, I, I've been really excited about this. I've looked forward to it. Couldn't wait for it to start. Then the first week when all of these 80-some guys walked through the doors, I was, Phew. I was, this, this is incredible. And you guys keep coming. 120-some now have come at least once. It's incredible. So, so I expected a lot, but, but in these last seven weeks, I have been more often than not distracted. I have not been as consistent as I had hoped I would be through this time of prayer, halfway through. I have had words with my wife that I shouldn't have had through these seven weeks, not every week couple of times, but that's none of your business. So, so, you know, let's be honest. Our enemy does not want us to become men of prayer. I mean, get that. Let's get that. Our enemy doesn't want this to happen. And he will use anything he can to get you distracted, to get you frustrated, to to make you give up. But we're in it for the long haul not the short run. It's the long haul, not the short run. There's many examples in the Bible of people that just poured their heart out to God and He was not there. They kept pouring their heart out to God and He was not there. And then all of a sudden, mostly doesn't give us the timetable of how long it took, they broke through. And the power and presence of God filled their place... And flooded their being because they were in it for the long haul, not the short run. So I have been a little distracted, inconsistent, and had words with my wife. But let me, on the other hand, say this I have also, in the last seven weeks, got closer to God than I've been in a long time, in spite of all that. I have also been more consistent than I was before. And believe it or not, my wife says to me, I can see a difference in you. <laughs> you mean, I said, you mean, with the words? You know, yeah, I've seen a difference in you. you know, so you see, you could look at it two ways. One way I could look at it, it's been a tough seven weeks in some ways. But in the other, on the other hand, I could look at it and say, praise God for the fact that he's helping me get to where I'm, I want to be, get to the goal of becoming a real man of prayer. So we're in it. For the long haul, not the short run. Don't give up. If after seven weeks you're thinking or tempted to think this doesn't work, it is a lie from the pit of hell. This does work. Prayer does make a difference in people's lives like you and me as we embrace God and hold on to Him more than we ever have before. There's, people in the, there's, there's more than a few guys that have said to me these seven weeks, this is out of my comfort zone. But you know what blesses me? They, they keep coming. And, and really, for, for people in the church of God to get where God wants them to be, we all have to get out of our comfort zone, don't we? Men, women, boys, and girls, we all have to change a few things or more in our lifestyle. I guess the question you need to ask yourself is, is it worth the effort? Is it worth it for me? Well, our, our author is talking about chat. Building a prayer life that lasts a lifetime. Start with a simple plan. It's not the plan that's the thing. That's the issue. It's the relationship with God that the plan helps you, you come into. In order to strengthen our relationship with God, sometimes, for some of us, we need some kind of a simple plan to get us started. Our author preser- pre- prefers, prefers chat. Last week we talked about the first letter, C, confession. Thank you, Phil, for sharing a little more with that. And, and I think a lot, of us, a lot of us would get stuck there, wouldn't we? Um, but last week we talked about confession. Is there anything between your soul and the Savior? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. That prayer that should always be on our lips. This week he talked about honor, the second letter, the H in the chat prayer acronym. And he used Psalm 100 to uh, make his point. I'd like us to read that together. Psalm 100. It's broken up through the book, but um, uh, let, me, let me read it for you. Does anybody have their... I'll, I'll read it for you. Let me read the Psalm 100 for you. This is an outstanding passage of Scripture. "'Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His.'" We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I had a hard time getting past the first thing He talked about here called hunger. Because I... I long for a closer relationship with God. I am hungering to be closer to God. Now, the Bible tells us that that, that when we do that, we will be filled. filled. People that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. He talks about um, being hungry for God. There's a phrase on page 119 that says, when the psalmist began to pray, his heart would swell with delight. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure I liked it very much, but he talked about the Chicago Cubs. Um, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, to turn my back on them after all these years. But, um, you know, some people really, some guys really love to talk about and are passionate about the Cubs, the Colts, or the Comets, or, or, or other things like that. And there isn't really anything wrong with that. It's just that we we need to reserve some of our passion for God. We need to say, okay, you know, there there's, there are times in my life when when I just can't wait for the next Colts game. I mean, it just now some of you've been there, you know. It's just when the when, when a when a good you know, Colts Patriots game's coming up. I mean, there's something inside me that gets bubbling, and I, I just can't wait. I go to the store, I, I go to find the chips, and I, and I, I don't even you know, I, I just think about it all the time. I'm just excited about it. What would happen if we could direct some of the passion that's within us like that toward God? And a lot of times that happens when we rearrange our priorities and plug him in to his rightful place, first place, and start having passion for him. Sentence on, there's a sentence on page 122. It said, we, we've got to recover a hunger for God. And I think this is hard for, for a lot of us, to, to be hungry for God. But that's the goal. A man of prayer. A man of prayer is hungry for God. Maybe that's a prayer we could pray together and individually. Lord, would you help my hunger for you to grow? Help me to get to a place where I just can't get enough of you. Also on 122, it says, The key to a restored appetite for God is to deliberately cut back on everything else we've been feeding feeding ourselves. Anyone have any anything the Lord said to you while you read that those uh, pages on uh, on hunger? Turn the, TV off. Turn the TV off. You know, the old-timer said, throw them away. We wouldn't want to do that, would we? They're bigger and heavier now. We wouldn't want to... Wouldn't want to well, maybe they're not heavier. <laughs> they were pretty heavy back then. But just, just refocus. Put God in His rightful place. You know, most of the stuff that we're involved in, it's not... Bad stuff, it just gets in the way, and Satan knows that, and he uses it to pile it up and encroach upon our time with God. Uh, The next thing he talks about um, is the humility. Psalm chapter 100, verse 3, Know that the Lord is God. Praise is not about what we bring to the table, it's about God and what He brings to the table. The author talks about um, posture in prayer, bent, bowing and kneeling, and I think that that is, at many times, very important. And I need to do more of that. Positioning my body to be humble before God. I don't know that you have to do that all the time, but every now and then, it would be, wouldn't it be good? Uh, a couple of times in my life, it's only happened a couple of times, I felt that I should lay on the floor and pray out to God. Just a couple of times. I don't know why it hasn't been more, but to fall on my face before God. Brothers, if God really revealed Himself to us right now, we would all be on the floor. We would all be there. Show us, Lord, who You are. Would You, would you reveal Yourself to us? You know All this, this stuff that goes on in our lives. Wouldn't it be great if He would bring a, a live coal from the altar and touch your lips and mine? Lord, would You re- reveal Yourself to us in a way that would, would make us humble before You? After all, He's God. Humility. He goes on to say the hello. Hello. <laughs> Verse 4 in our Scripture, Enter His gates with thanksgiving. How do you approach God? This is where he talks about approaching God with thanksgiving first. Um, it, it's a great way to start. Lord, I, I, I praise You and thank You for who You are. You know, sometimes we could get going in that, and our whole time that we, that we set aside for prayer could be taken up by just praise and thanksgiving. Would that be, would that be okay? Just to praise and thank God. Then and finally, the habit. The habit of doing a better job of, of observing God. Verse 5, For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. He is faith, His faithfulness continues through all generations. In that verse alone, it talks about God being good. It talks about God's goodness and His love and His faithfulness. Just pausing and observing God, looking at Him, gazing upon Him and learning who He is. They used the, the illustration of this professor that uh, brought a dead fish into his class. <laughs> How long can you look at a dead fish? We're talking about this this incomprehensible God that you and I can start to observe more through His Word, as a result of His Word, or just, just spending time in His presence, that we can observe Him as men in such a way that He reveals Himself more and more and more to us. The bottom page, 128, toward the bottom, it says, If you want to get good at honoring God in prayer, you must make a habit of observing the attributes and titles and names by which he goes in Scripture. We've got to train ourselves on 129 to be more observant. Who are you, God? Who am I? And how does it fit together? Who are you, God? Reveal more of yourself to me. That happens when we spend time with Him. I think one of the best things about the book is um, on page 247, all of these names and attributes and titles of God. And so he he talks about, what I like about it is is he talks about observing God, getting to know God, praying the names and titles of God. Then he gives us all of this material to use that we could use for, for a long time, just praying through these... these um, and he gives Scripture references too, these, these phrases about God, these names of God. I would encourage us to use these and to go through the list of, of who, who God is. Would you teach us, Lord, who you are? The bottom of page 131. Honoring God in prayer takes time. Time to choose one of His attributes, titles, or names. Time to trace that quality in the Bible concordance. Time to meditate on its various facets. Time to craft your insights in prayer. He gives us three suggestions on how to observe God more or better. One is Psalms. Read Psalms. The Psalms is packed full of, of, of people just pouring their heart out to God. Another is a hymn book. You know what those things are? We used to use them. Old hymn books. You know, they, they, they sell them. They even sell them at bookstores. And and I used to um, some years ago. There's one right there. I used to have this pocket one that I would take with me. And I I don't know why I stopped doing that, but it was good to. To open the the, the, Bible, the the back of the, the hymn book, and they, they've got little sections on songs that that are that are specifically in this category. And whatever I would read in scripture, I would look up that that area, and I would read a read a, a hymn. And it would be a, a it was very good way to enhance, if you will, my my prayer life. So that's a good suggestion. And then this this um, list at the end of the book. You start you read the the, the the passage, whatever passage you were in, and then you went back and read it again and meditated on it. Mm. What it said about God. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Did you all hear that? Just, he um, read in Genesis about the flood this past week, and it's, it's amazing when you read that with the question, What does this say about God in the back of your mind? It's it, it's really, that, that's great, Brother Jerry. It's really reading God's word with a whole new attitude, a whole new way of thinking um, that, that helps us to become men of prayer. Anyone have any. Um, Anything they want to share real quickly before we pray from this chapter? Paul? After
2: this book, the cover of it shows football,
0: but...
3: Yes.
2: Yes, you after the, kind of that chapter what, what really
3: uh was discussion about snacking. Snacking,
0: yeah.
2: Hmm. this
0: morning? Let's do it. They're great.
1: Yeah. Praise
3: the Lord. Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: You guys, that's way out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like somebody kicking that field goal. I don't know. I think it has something to do with tradition. Some traditions are more vocal than others, but but there's got to be something. I don't know. There's got to be something in us that that wells up from time to time and shouts out to God. There there is nothing this world has to offer that can get down deeper into our emotion and stir us up than God. And there's all of these false things out there that get us all excited. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Amen, Steve. Amen. Yes, Jim. Mm-hmm. does humble me Lord yeah Pat and then we're going to start in our prayer groups here mm mm-hmm. get in groups of three or four, if you would, no more than five, and spend a few minutes. Um, I'd like you to try to start by honoring God, just going around your circle and honoring God. Just praise Him with an attribute. Just pray, pray into a, a, a praise to Him. Um, and, then, and then, as time permits, share a burden or concern and pray for each other. Let's just um, lift each other up to the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That was written centuries ago and it's still true today. A couple of things um, on page 132, there's a couple of things you could try this week or you could try to incorporate. Uh, Number five is take three or four titles or attributes of God from the back of the book. Uh, choose several that you are unfamiliar with um, and try to pray through those. Um, there's Scripture uh, passages, Scripture references with them too. Try that. Try to, to start by praying the attributes of God. That's, that's, a, that's a great exercise to go through. Then number six, uh, dig up a, a, or purchase a hymnal and read a hymn. Who knows? You might like it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. God bless you, gentlemen. Have a great day in the Lord. And may God go with you out those doors into the workplace, in the cruiser. Are you cruising today? Okay, in the courthouse, wherever you are. My God can do more than you could ask or imagine. Take that with you today. God bless you. Amen. Let's shout to the
3: Lord, Steve. Amen.